Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, friends. My name is Joe Armstrong, host and producer of the Independence Day podcast. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, we are very happy to have Sid Straw. Sid Straw released her first album, Surprise, in 1989. The record was full of earnest, broken-hearted songs with an impressive range for a new artist. The album's earthy tone landed Straw at the leading edge of the alternative country curve, and it led to a seemingly open-ended invitation for Straw to lend her vocals to some of the best in the business. To name a few, Straw has been on stage and on records with Los Lobos, Wilco, Dave Allen, Loudon Wainwright III, Leo Kotke, Ricky Lee Jones, Matthew Sweet, Van Dyke Parks, Freddie Johnston, James McMurtry, Mark Ribot, David Sanborn, Was Not Was, Victoria Williams, The DBs, Jimmer Podraski, and The Golden Palominos. Subsequent albums followed in 1996, 2005, and 2008, and although releases may have been spread out, the quality of Straw's output never suffered. Although Straw is perhaps best known for her vocals, the unique and indelible spirit that she brings to a song or a project is what makes her a legend. She is quirky to be sure, but she's also endearing, pleasantly sardonic, and always creative, a perfect combination for a singular artist. Welcome to Independence Day, Sid Straw. Hello, Sid. Joe. It's so so great to be here in so your home. So great to have you. It's so great. great to have you on in the Independence Day World Headquarters. That's How? amazing, and I feel terribly independent, except that I did bring friends. We've taken pretty good care of you. Uh, you've got uh, Girl Scout cookies. Uh, one cookie. Dogs. Let's make it not plural, Joe. It was well, it's one plural Girl for the Scout band. cookie. You've got a band. You brought you brought some wing people, wing, <laughs> wing persons with you here today on guitar. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, he's playing mandolin today, but he's playing. He's got a guitar in his hands right now. Guitar. Robert Lloyd, say hello, Robert. Hello, Robert. Very well played. <laughs> I set you up, you knock him down. Also, on mandolin and vocals, and vo- primarily violin, we have Lynn Bertle. Say hello, Lynn. Hello, Lynn. There's, man, two for two. See, Sid, you dropped the ball on that. I'm telling you, I don't hang out with comedic lightweights. Anyway, so thank you. I know you're, you spent time in New York. You spent time in Vermont. And you spent some time in L.A. You've lived all over the place. Uh, got storied career. Uh, your name, I, I first see your, saw your name pop up in liner notes. I was a liner note junkie before the internet was a thing. Uh, and that's how I learned about the music industry. So I would see your name. Like I, I didn't know you for your own albums, which isn't terribly surprising because you're not super prolific on your own. But you work a lot. So Compared to certain musical snails, I'm terribly prolific. Yeah, well, you're Actual like me. Snails. I mean, I'm about <laughs> <Actual> every. Snails. <laughs> I release an album about every eight years, and I do I do lots of stuff. You know, I re- refer to myself as a farm league renaissance man. Tell me, I mean, this isn't. An, uh, what else do you do? I guess is a question. Like, because that's a oh, lot of time between albums. I'm a professional thumb twiddler. I enter international thumb twiddling competitions. Mm-hmm. Don't laugh. It's a thing. <laughs> is there money in it? Not much. <laughs> you know what? I live in Vermont. I live really simply and really quietly with my manager, Carol Burnett. And uh, we live in the woods. We write a lot. We both mm-hmm. write a lot. She steals some of my better lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read interviews that you, know, uh, you don't have like a Prince-style vault. But you, you do sit around recording songs, writing songs a lot. I have a lot of unheard music. 
I don't know if anyone, even Carol Burnett is very fascinated with it, but that's an audience of one. Yeah. Uh, The thing about being, you have a unique place in the music business, I guess, is what I'm getting at, because you've, you've eked out a living like showing up on everybody's records. As I was researching you for this this particular interview, that word uh, "eked" was really particularly well placed. Sound, sound yet, it makes, actually. and yet she is rock royalty. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what I'm getting Sorry. at. You're rock royalty. She you is. run in circles with everybody. I came up with the idea, like the Kevin Bacon game in music. Like you are connected to basically everybody by one degree or two degrees, and that by I can think blood. Of. For example. Uh, and we're setting up for the interview and you I have a David Gilmore live DVD the live at Pompeii thing sitting on there and you're like oh yeah I wrote on David's boat up the Thames up to get her Thames bottom scraped to get her bottom scraped which is not a euphemism Ouch. although maybe it is in England I don't know I don't no, know other euphemisms it, it, it is a little English sounding I know what you're getting at but it truly was a boat that she lived on the Thames where they record and she hadn't been moved since 1918 yeah so I got to go on that boat ride but how is it that you get called to go on that boat ride just lucky, I guess. Yeah, but that's a lot of luck, though. We're talking David Gilmore here, one of the top-selling bands of all time. Well, I could tell you about the six inches of separation between us. Or I met him through a collaborator and friend, Anthony Moore, mm-hmm. who writes songs for Pink Floyd mm-hmm. and um, and and wrote some songs with me. Let's do one now. <laughs> and uh, uh, and and he, I was in London many, many blue moons ago recording, and, and Anthony, who's very marvelous, very charming, said, Sydney, would you like to go on my friend's boat for a little boat ride? And I said, well, probably, yeah. And he goes, yes, you know, well, it's my friend David Gilmore, you know. It's, and I went... Perhaps you've heard of him. I, yes, and I went, yes, Let's make it a definite yes. I'd like to go on that boat ride. And I, this has nothing to do with, you know, anything topical now, but I got to ride a little electric boat and go ahead mm. and and warn them to open the locks. Like the icebreaker, sort of. Oh, it was an amazing day of my life. That's pretty cool. That's a cool story. I mean, Are I... Are you I, alone in that little boat? Well, I'm not going to tell you everything. Okay. <laughs> okay, so around the world... Lots of musicians. I'm, I imagine you've got stories that could go on for days. But we're really here to talk just about you. I'm not known for being much of a talker. <laughs> I've heard as much. <laughs> so, I've heard as much. So out, shy, out of you. Very shy, very reserved. Um, but Vermont, so then, okay, so it, living in relative isolation in Vermont, if you're a talker, how does that compute? Why live so far away if you're... I mean, I can't say that you're social. I don't know you that terribly well. But spending this time this afternoon with you, you've, you're a quip a minute, quip a second. You're like 10 quips a second. You're 10 <laughs> oh, miles ahead counting? of everybody else. You know, uh, it's, it's an interesting duality in my living situation. Always. Uh, right now, I am, I am harboring probably blocks away in Studio City from where I spent the first six months of my life. Mm-hmm. Probably being pushed around to Hunga Boulevard uh, in a pram, and by my dearly departed mother. But uh, you know, it's fish and water like. I've always kept one big foot in California, mm-hmm. and then I I jump out with the other foot and I pivot. 
it's always been Chicago, New York, New York, New York, Vermont. Yeah. And those are my, that, that's my PowerPoint presentation. Well, I just have to say about the Vermont thing that, like, it's Vermont. We have a total we connection. We have a total Vermont connection, she and I, because I spent lots of time there since I was 10. Mm -hmm. And so even though we've only met a couple years ago, it's like there is a pull to that state that yeah. makes you realize the beauty of everything like every day mm -hmm. in a really special way i think so except I this know. winter yeah, when i was more than happy to <laughs> flee the yeah. state and sorry to abandon all my pals back there to a really brutal tenacious winter yeah so i'm here in california my native state much like a salmon struggling upstream yeah trying to get back to the riverhead i hope you know to not die and we get the Vermont Country Catalog at my house. So. <laughs> you know, uh, I may just be modeling pajamas in the Christmas catalog. I'll keep my eye out. <laughs> you better keep all four eyes out. Indeed you do. All right, this week's guest on Independence Day, Sid Straw. You've heard her on a million records. She's got three records of her very own. Let's hear a song from one of those records now. This is the title track from her most recent record. It is called Pink Velour. It came out, eh, how long ago did this come out, Sid? A thousand years ago. Not, not quite that long. Come on. 900 years ago. Come on, you're hyperbolizing even more. It came than out I the day that Obama mercifully, joyfully got elected. Okay. Seems like only yesterday. It wasn't that long ago that he was president. People, it seems like a million years. Talk about something that seems like a million years. It seems like a million years, but it wasn't that terribly long ago. That's my one saving grace. It's like we've all been through the washer, run through the washer. 2,000 times. Except the washer's full of rocks and tacks and bleach. Yes. All right. So Sid Straw is my guest this week on Independence Day. Check out this song, Pink Velour, on Independence Day. I went home again just to prove that you could. I went home again and it looked pretty good. Flora and fauna. How I have missed you Turn to snow Modern wagon train Westward ho Jump in the back Wear your blue dress And pack the pink Save our best for when we get there. Mama never did say why. She just said we have to try in California. Lemon trees in 
This is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Thank you ever so much for doing so. Please visit us on the internet, www.indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. You can also follow us on In-Depth Day at, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and we're on the Facebook as well. I think we're Independence Day Music or something like that. It's, they made us do something odd on Facebook. I'm not sure exactly what that was, but you can check it us out there too. Sid! Straw, thank you. Joe, We've thank been... you for the excellent homemade beer oh, that you handed pleasure. me. I, well, look, I try to treat my guests as, as well as I can. You've got cookies, you've got dogs around here, homemade beer, what more? I, mean, I want some. I need a new car. A new car? I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Am I asking too much, Joe? I do have a Jedi skill. Everyone, I feel like everyone's got a skill that's really not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a money-making skill. Right, but it's some weird thing that you can just do. Like I can do a couple things. I find random things around in the world, and I catch things when they fall. Like if something falls out of the medicine cabinet without even looking, it's like a Jedi. I wow, just catch it. you have good reflexes. I do, but I'm terrible at lots of other things. So it's but you can need all. A, you need a Jedi skill. Right. Ooh, Ooh, a Jetta skill. Ooh, there we a go. Jetta skill Ooh. for my new car, you mean? Exactly. Isn't four-wheel drive? Wow. Was that circling back to my need for a new Ooh, car? You know, the car talk guy said that together. Volkswagen drivers were the worst drivers in the world, and I'm inclined to agree. BMW drivers, because they're aggressive. They are aggressive, especially in this town. Well, Sid, thank you. And, and Robert and Lynn as well. Thank you, guys and girls, very much. Wait, are you done with us? Are no, we, are, I'm done with you at all. Is it I'm, all over, Joe? No, Do I'm, we have to go now? This is called very a, polite. This is called a reset, <laughs> is what it's called. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you oh, guys hello. for being here. Uh, hey, I appreciate it very much. Sid, we've, it's taken a long time to get you here. I first learned about you through our common friend. We have, it turns out we have a few common friends, but Jimmer Podraski. Love him dearly. Another Independence Day guest and a friend, a good human being. Glad to see him back in the scene. Uh, and Absolutely. And you very kindly agreed to be on the show months and months and months ago, but you, you bounce back and forth. You're bi-coastal. As they say, if you consider Vermont to be a coast, I suppose. That means I'll sleep with anyone, anywhere, in any state. <laughs> as long as it's on, on a coast. As, as long, long as it's on, on a coast. coast. And as long as it's a tree. <laughs> Section of the beach is a difficult prospect. There's sand. There's, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not sure I like it. People romanticize it more than I think it really is. It's as good as it really can be. What, here? Anywhere. Sex on the beach. Oh, sex on the beach. I missed that part. Isn't that a cocktail option? It, it is. is a cocktail option. I, I it think is. it works best as a cocktail option. I think <laughs> it works. That's what I'm getting at, Lynn. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things. It's like from here to eternity, it's idealized. We all think we want to do that. But then once you actually do it, you get sand in places you didn't know you didn't want sand. You don't really want sand anywhere other than on your feet, I suppose. Since we're on this topic, I don't mind revealing. And since we're not on camera, I don't mind revealing that my first boyfriend, Paul, we did have sex on the beach. And all of a sudden, there were three helicopters hovering right over us. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so sorry. How did that go? What happened next? Uh, it traumatized me. I can imagine. <laughs> Helicopter That's comes terrible. over now, and you just fall apart. Well, no, I want to have, have sex a... <laughs> right away. <laughs> you, must, you must be very when random When I hear a chatter, I just got to get down. <laughs> <laughs> You must be pretty hot under the collar in Los Angeles because they fly over my house about a I thousand know, times a day. I know, I'm polymorphously perverse on top of it all. So yeah, it's really difficult. That's why you have to go back to Vermont every once in a while. Where nothing happens, you, ever. You probably don't hear very many helicopters in Vermont, I don't imagine. Not too many, not too many. It's funny, I heard them in Chicago, right? They're around, they have news choppers and they have police choppers, but it's not like California. It's like, what's the Robert Altman film? Where the, they start off with Tim Robbins as a helicopter pilot, but the whole probably opening shortcuts. montage is these helicopters. I'm sorry, what's it? Shortcuts. shortcuts. Where he, all the, he, you know, that's, it's like 
pre-dawn helicopters flying around Los Angeles, and the movie opens with him landing, and then he goes back, and then he has a fight with his wife, like a rather good Robert Altman We scene. all have helicopters. You have a helicopter, right, Lynn? I have two. Yeah. Sid, well, here's a question for you. What's your position on flying cars? You guys, I'm not paying you for today. <laughs> <laughs> if you have choppers, forget it. Yeah, that seriously. $10 offer is off the table. Sid, what's your position on flying cars? I like them in cartoons. Yes. See? Now we're getting somewhere. See, it's like the three... It's, uh, people drive poorly in two dimensions. The last thing I want is people driving poorly in three dimensions. Do not want this. It's kind of like that. But, you know, it's also like the freedom on the, on the water. There's nobody really... There's no lanes out on the ocean or on a river or anything. How do people... It's all chaos. We're lucky nothing, you know... Yeah. I feel like if we take it to the air, everybody and their whims and the strong pot, everything, it's going to yeah. just be a mess up there in the air. And the drones. And Once the, the drones. Amazon drones start delivering every conceivable item a thousand times a day. I don't want, actually, I don't want, the, as convenient as Unless that is. Unless they're delivering really strong pot to me, I'm just not that interested. That'll be your Uber drone that does that. Right, Ooh, my yeah, Uber, drone. Uber drones. Uber like, drones. Like I want to be an Uber drone pilot. <laughs> there are other ways to get the really strong marijuana to you other than the drone I mean there are bike messengers you're putting people out of work I have to say one thing about it since we're on the topic in Los Angeles I have noticed that people that have a vape pen or what have you it makes being stuck on the 405 in the constant rush hour a lot more tolerable mm -hmm. people look over at you and they sort of smile then they take a big puff of their vape pen and they like thumb their nose at you. Yeah, <laughs> and they drive it's into friendly. the car in front of them. Is uh, what's, Sid? What's Vermont's status with marijuana? Are they recreationally legal? Are they speaking strictly for the whole state? Correct. You are now. You represent all of Vermont. I wish that I did. I have political ambition, and I'd like to count on your vote. And if you wouldn't mind moving to Vermont so I could count on your vote in the future, be thinking about that move now. <clears throat> no, uh, you know what? It should be, at, at the least, it should have been decriminalized about 50 years ago. Right. Now there is legislation happening and it's loosening up in Vermont. Yeah. But it isn't like California where, well, for instance, the other day I was craving a falafel. So I went to Amir's in Studio City, hadn't been there in years to Amir's, and I went, I'm going to go there. And I pulled up, and I thought, I also think I want to drop by a shop, maybe get a little sativa. And I went, but I don't know where to go. And that's when I looked up, and I had parked in front of a, a shop. Yeah. Right next to Amir's. Right next to Amir's. <laughs> so I got my falafel, and, and then I had dessert. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I feel that if liquor is legal... I feel that plants that grow ubiquitously around should be legal too. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Also, the tax is crazy. I think that we can use that tax to fix a lot of infrastructure. It's a lot of money on the table yeah. by not legalizing it and taxing it. Uh, did, there was breaking news relatively recently. Uh, Trump, your friend and mine, publicly Let's said... Let's leave him out of this. Public, well, he said, well, this is important. It's, it's, it's uh, part and parcel to this I conversation. I just want to leave him out of it. Don't mention his name again, okay, He Joe? said that he was not going to essentially tell his attorney general, whose we shall all name we shall all not use, uh, that they weren't going to prosecute marijuana at the federal level. Now, 
he's never changed his mind before, of course. So why should that concern me that he's not going to do this, right? Irony. But but he did say it. <laughs> so not not that that especially matters, but it's an interesting. I thought that was an interesting development. I did not expect that, especially given our current attorney general's positive fervor, his anti anti marijuana fervor. You so, don't even smoke pot, Joe. So let's move on to another topic. See? Let's talk music. He's probably like me, where he doesn't probably want to smoke when he's working. I'm working. He's working. This is important. I'll, work. I'll see you later. This is serious business for me. No, I'm business. taking uh, it seriously. And it's going so well, I think, actually. Why don't... Here's Lynn, the thing. are you my Ed McMahon today? <laughs> she is. Totally yes. Right. You're my why gorgeous Ed McMahon. Why don't Edwina we have a... Edwina McMahon. Let's, let's do a live song. Okay. What's the first one you've got queued up for us? What's this going to be? Oh, let's, let's start out... <clears throat> let's warm up with a, a, a happy little ditty called marry me and this is about the sandinistas of course okay great all right so <laughs> tell me what? a little bit of, tell me i mean the, the title's pretty self-explanatory is a is this is a metaphor this is a literal song i'll let you decide joe it's your show oh i think we i think the listeners should decide and i hope they will they will all right so uh my name is joe armstrong thank you for listening to independence Day. this week's guest sid straw you can check her out she does have a website SidStrawMusic.com is where to find you on the internet. I and don't have a computer, but I do have a website. <laughs> also, you can follow her on Twitter at SidStraw, though you're not terribly active on Twitter. I happen to notice that as well. But this is her song, Marry Me, on Independence Day. There's a hole that you fill Where my fate used to be There's a future in our future, baby Have a little faith in me What are you doing the rest of your life? That's how it starts That's how it starts I'll honor rest of your life don't break my heart my little heart marry me marry me marry me marry me soon don't wait till June just say I do honey I'll say it too and we'll make this our wedding day. The horse I rode in on has thrown me again. His name is Ben. His name is Ben. I fell off of him the way I fall from men. I fall hard and suddenly. What are you doing the rest of your life? Can I come and do it too? Say he's the best man why am I marrying you 
This missing verse just flew out my truck window, I swear to dog. Look, there it goes. But I need to believe that something will work out. I've had the thorns. I want the rose. Let's seal it with a kiss and make this our wedding day. What are you doing the rest of your life? That's how it starts. That's how it starts. I'm Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to IndependenceDayIndepthDay.com. As always, the place to find out everything you need to know about my guests from around the country and around the world. This week's guest, Sid Straw. Thank you, Sid. You talk fast, for Joe joining. Armstrong. I can talk fast. When I graduated from junior high school, we all got a token award, and I got the fastest talker award. You know what? You could branch off into being an auctioneer. <laughs> I, I, do I have to? No, I'd, you I'd, don't. I'd really rather not. It's just not. a thought. Uh, there's other things I can do. It, a, it's a Midwestern thing. I've relatives, a French person. Or a French person, a French auctioneer. Yeah. I have relatives May in the we. Southeast, and they could never understand me, though we spoke the same language, because the Southerners speak much more at a much uh, more gentle pace. And I came, I was, you know, my, my intellect was always 10 miles ahead of my mouth, but I spoke very quickly. So I've consciously worked to, like, ease that down a little bit. So Your it's mouth is trying to catch up to your intellect, Joe? Is that what What's you're telling What's left of us? my intellect? It's trying to catch up to my brain. I'm not saying they're good thoughts, but there are a lot of them. <laughs> you know, it's tough to not mm, self-edit, you know? I think we stop ourselves in our tracks quite a bit in this lifetime. And uh, I think it's uh, good to do as much as possible. Talking, you mean? Yeah. Everyone processes things in their head differently, right? Uh I come to my truth by talking it out. So thankfully, my girlfriend has big ears and she's willing, willing, willing to listen to my friends too. I have great friends. We go to the pub, we discuss things. That's how we work out the problems in the world. I have other friends who are more introverted. Could you work harder? Because these problems, I need you to solve them, Joe. I'll do my best. That's why we're here, just to solve your problems. Talk to me about who your singing influences were. You're known primarily for your voice. Who were the people when you were young? These can be people you heard on the radio or people you knew in your life. Like who made you want to sing? My mother and my father, they're both great singers. And I wanted to sing to do something with them. Mm -hmm. And so I would chime in. Mm -hmm. So they made me, literally made me want to sing. My mother said I came out swinging and I came out singing. Were your parents the type of parents, because I had some aunts and uncles who were like this, that I, they would sing to like harmony together to the radio or just around the house while like doing dishes. I did a lot of that with my dad and with my mom, but not, not together. They okay. weren't so together, Joe. Yeah. So I've, I have, I have the blood harmony. I had that years ago with my sister, Sally out mm. there somewhere in Texas. Send a postcard, Sally. And, uh, even my brother has the blood harmony. I forgot. Was there a question? 
Who were in the house? Were the people oh, that, who? You know who what? Were the people that made you want to sing? I'll tell you the people that when I had teenage cognizance and music was all there was. You know, right before boys, mm-hmm. all there was was science and music. Mm-hmm. That was the happiest Those time are good of things. my life. And uh, I listened a lot to Linda Ronstadt, Carly Simon, and more than anyone on earth, I listened to Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think she intellectually influenced me. I'd like to think so. But I, I have no real way of knowing. Now, given your u- unique position in the music industry, were, are these people that you eventually got to work with? Any of the people that were like your idols growing up? I have worked with lots of my idols. And uh, I have not worked. Linda Ronstadt actually did me the wild injustice of coming to hear me sing. Oh, man. <laughs> and she sat closer than you are now, Joe, while I sang. And No pressure. You know what? It was amazing. We were in a cocoon. We were in um, a figure eight of love. Sweet. I love her so much, yeah. and and also I have sung a, a number of times with the great heroine Emmy Lou Harris, mm-hmm. who truly made me want to sing. When uh, Robert Casabury took me to hear Elton John, when I was in tenth grade at Dodger Stadium, and. Elton was so amazing. He played Benny and the Jets for half an hour. But more importantly, on the scoreboard, name and lights, Emmy Lou Harris. Mm. With the most beautiful voice I had ever heard, mm-hmm. wafting through Dodger Stadium. And that really, it set off a chorus of light bulbs in my head. Yeah. So tell me what it feels like. I've had somewhat similar things happen in my life, not to the extent certainly that you've had it happen in your life. But what does it feel like for the first time to walk into a room knowing that you're going to be singing with someone who influenced you? Like, can you can you go back in time and like like open that little box in your heart and like find that feeling? Because you know it's in there. Like I can tell you the times, even when I've just met the people who are my influences, but getting to work with them. I mean, I've had some opportunities like that. But you've got so many. Like, do you, you remember what that felt like? I do. Tell me about it. It's joy. Yeah? It's terror mm-hmm. slash joy. No one wants to disappoint their hero. Yeah. But there must be a reason your hero called you in on the session. Yeah. So it's good to remember that, that there's a reason you're there. And I always embrace opportunity to work with the greats. I always want to aspire higher. Yeah. And working with my heroes, just thinking about it at this moment makes me shake. Yeah. But when it's just music, you know, I have great faith in the song. And and then the fact that maybe they asked me or hired me or invited me or did I invite myself? Hmm. <laughs> I have great faith in the song itself. Mm-hmm. So if it's a song that I think I can add something on, uh, I'll play with anyone. I, I want to sing with Bob Dylan. I want to sing with Neil Young. I want to sing with everyone. Yeah. That was going to be my next question, is like who who's out there that you would love to work with that you haven't well, had a chance to work two. with? I mean, seriously, Bob, I know all those standards. You should really let me wrap my arms around your songs in, in this 
modern phase you're going through. But also, I know some of your older songs, Bob. Give me a call. And Neil, <laughs> if you're listening, we're also in love with Neil Young. Yeah. I've He gave me permission to record one of his songs, but he didn't give anyone else permission. Wow. Which song was it? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> Holding out on me, huh? Why not? We just met. Yeah, that's true. Have, well, so, have you recorded already, or is it just kind of permission kind of hanging out there in the I ether? I did it live, and okay. I might record it. It 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 it's not, I, I don't mean to create mystery. Let's just... It's just that I just love Neil too much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Neil's Harvest fascinating to me. Lure, right? Yes. Like the, the I yin- did record Harvest. You might want to give that a listen on the record called Pink Velour, Joe. I would love to do so. You know, after the interview, when you do your homework... Easy now. Yeah, I've given you cookies and beer. I know. It has a beautiful uh, bass clarinet on it, doesn't it? It does. It That's does. Douglas Weaselman playing the bass clarinet. That's that is a beautiful element. I like it on floaty wafter. That that guy, he's not bad, you know. How about another live song? What do you got queued up for us next? Oh, well, I've been strolling through the neighborhoods. In particular, Studio City. Uh, and I've been admiring all of the native gardens and all of the low-impact water gardens. It's amazing, the flora as well as the fauna. So we're going to play a little song in honor of everyone's garden, particularly in Studio City. If you see me walking around with my manager, Carol, Buy me a coffee, okay? This is Water, Please. Okay, Sid Straw, the song is Water, Please on Independence Day. I'm so very near 
but you know I won't be If you don't water me, I will die Sid, lovely. Thank you. Also, Robert and Lynn, thank you. You're welcome. Good work. Thank, thank you. You're for more sharing. than welcome. Look, music is such a personal, personal thing. Like, one of my favorite things to do is to have musicians in and talk with them. A lot of my friends are musicians. I'm myself a musician. It's, I, that, there could be just me talking with musicians. But to have people come in here of their own volition and share that, because music is such an intimate thing. As opposed to kidnapping them and dragging them in here against their will. <laughs> Correct. But I don't have time for that kind of thing, Robert. I mean, I don't know what kind of free time or hobbies you engage in in your, your off hours. I don't have time for that kind of thing. I'm just trying to understand what you're about, Joe. <laughs> You're doing, you're doing a fair job. Uh, it really means a lot to me that people are willing to come in here and share their music. And so thank you for doing so. Robert Lloyd, you're a damn genius and a gem. Thank you, Sid. That is here. Can I have somebody to play the mandolin on this thing? We're going to have the two mandolin songs. We have duo mandolin. I know. We're, 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 we're building Close. up to that. What, you know what we're going to call this group today? I think we've decided on this. Glarinaires. Wait, what was the it? Glaren the Glarinaires. Glarinaires. The Glarinaires. Yeah, how does it? Yeah, Glarinaires. Glarinaires, yeah. It started out being the Glarinaires because mm-hmm. I made quite a few mistakes. You might have noticed, but a gentleman wouldn't. And uh, <laughs> and then it turned into the Glarinaires. We'll have to spell that out for yeah, you. Yeah, it's a good it's a good name. My other band name that I have in my pocket is the uh, Incontinentals. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh good. no! So if anybody oh, wants no. to join that band in about oh, ten years, no. <laughs> we're, we're getting into dad joke territory now. I think. <laughs> Sid, one thing watching you do what you do musically is that you, you're uh, you're very present, right? I've watched you change lyrics on the fly. I've watched you improvise things. I've watched you, uh, you know, do multiple versions of things, and. That's an interesting place to be because some people go up and it's kind of rote. You know, they they practice their song. But it seems to be... well. No, some no, people practice, on, Joe. Me, nice of you to point that rewind. out. Rewind. No, no, no. That's not what you didn't let me finish. What I'm getting Give at is some Joe. people practice their song and then it's, it's, it's just that's the way it's going to be. Boom, 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 boom. Every single time, right? Some people have their set list laminated. I've seen this on stage. <laughs> laminated? Seriously. For real? For real. Some people have set I'm, lists. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> But in your case, what I'm building to is that you Robert approach Lloyd. this, you approach this in almost, and not stylistically, but in a jazzy way, right? You're going to improvise and you're going to change things on the fly and you're going to change how long you play this thing. And it keeps your musicians on their toes, which is a good thing, isn't it? Then it keeps them present as well, right? Exactly Did you learn true. that from a particular place? Is that something? It seems like you just approach this from a place of joy, I guess, is what I'm building to. It's just uh, very be here now. It just is. I mean, I can't think of anything more fun today to do than to sit here flanked by Lynn and Robert and you. It's just, why would I be anywhere else? Yeah. Well, you do bring, 
you bring joy to what you do. And a lot of musicians do. So I don't want to make it sound like that's just a thing. But you do it in a different way. And I think, I guess what I'm saying is, it's obvious to me, sitting in front of you, why musicians want to bring you into their session, right? It's not just because you're a good musician. It's not just because you're a great singer or a good songwriter. It's because I'm terribly attractive. It's because you're terribly attractive. <laughs> uh, people, in, uh, musicians inherently love people from Vermont. <laughs> That's probably also the truth. dogs, right? But no, you do bring an energy. You bring an energy, and it's a, and it can be an understated energy at times. It can be kind of an over-the-top kind of silly energy, but that's a very valuable thing, and that's something that I think people just have, and you do have that, like the, the Kramer Kavorka thing. You have like musical Kavorka. Wow. Right? Ooh, wow. Kavorka. I, I say that phrase all the time, actually. Yeah, yeah the Kavorka. Ooh, yeah, I think, I think you've got musical Kavorka. I don't even know which pocket to keep it in. <laughs> Anyone you like. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about being an independent artist because you this is something that's changed in your life. Like you started off, you were signed to a major label. Uh, like back in the day, back when that was the thing that you did to have success as a musician, you got signed to a label and it was like, hey, I've arrived, I've now made it, or oh, whatever boy. that means. I never felt that way. Well, that's what I'm, that's why I'm asking, right? Because at that time, though, like growing up where I did and when I did, that's what everyone aspired to. They thought that that was like the pie in the sky. Like then we have all the money, and I have heard, you know, I've had musicians in here who got huge advances, and lived on them for years, built studios, bought cars, traveled around the world, made albums, blah 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 blah. Um, I lived on my publishing advance for twenty years. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, right? So you are part of that paradigm, that paradigm that was here before, but that's changed. I was lucky enough to have a period of time in the music biz <clears throat> when it could be defined as kind of a, a boutique label situation. You know, there really were some open doors. Everything probably even then was about the bottom line, but it wasn't experienced that way. There was... Yeah. Uh, I had a good time in the music biz when I, we were talking about this on the way here. They used to, Virgin Records um, used to send limos for everything, you know, everything. But then, you know, you'd have to like hitchhike to get home from the <laughs> thing. <laughs> you'd be standing on the corner going. And there's no Uber or Lyft. It wasn't like you could just call no, up a ride no, no. somewhere. No, no, this was in 1704, so things have changed. But, uh, you know, I remember limos, and I, I said to them once, hey, you know what? I have a car. I'll just drive to the thing. Give me some money so I can buy some food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How did that go over? Well, you know, it was like that. It was just like that. I, what did I, they say? Did they say sure, or did they say, like, no, no we'll send the limo? No, they gave me a budget for a wardrobe okay. because uh, they wanted me to dress more provocatively. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went out. And I went to my favorite shirt shop on La Cienega, Clacton and Frinton, English shirt makers. And uh, I spent everything. I bought, oh, probably 15 really beautiful button-down shirts. And then I, I went back to, and they were like, well, uh, <laughs> is this what, that's what you spent the money on? I was like, this is yeah, provocative these are, to you, Sid. These are excellent shirts, and I'll I'll be wearing them in thirty years, and I am. <laughs> I'm wearing one now. <laughs> but uh, 
wait, I forgot. Were we talking about something? Limousines. We're limousines. talking about limousines. Budgets. We're talking about the basically the old paradigm of the music business. Where I'm so glad that I got to be in a limousine with Paula Abdul when she, her record was number one in the country. And I was riding in front with the limo driver, Joe. And we were on our way to her to get an award from WIA. And uh, she was in the back flipping out. And and, and 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 crying and things and very upset and I just she's a very nice woman. I've never seen her since. She was so sweet and I turned around and I said, Paula, Paula, pull yourself together. You have the number one record in the country. Ah, when I got to the hotel for this clam bake, they didn't have a room for me, Paula. I'm staying in a conference room on a large conference table. So Paula Enjoy this. You have the number one record in the country. Paula, we're really excited and happy and proud of you. If you can't enjoy this moment, I don't know what you can enjoy. And she calmed down. We had a beautiful limo ride ah. to the thing. And we had laughs. Everything was beautiful. I guess that's what I'm building towards, right? You, you, that musical Kavorka thing. Like You just have an energy about you. That you can kind of move around like a uh, trying to think like it's like a like a like a giant mobile, you know, where a it's mobile. balanced. A no, you know what I'm talking about. Calder. I'm a Calder. I'm a Calder. It's balanced and it's got this side over here that comes down and this thing over here. Or it's like a, or it's like some kind of emotional Rube Goldberg device, perhaps. Wow. Ooh. I want to think like about this. One. Yeah, wrap your head around that one for a while. That's gonna take me minutes. That's a song right there, emotional Rube Goldberg device. It's a, it's a little it really bit of a is. it's a little bit of a talky title, but it's a good idea for a song. I like it. Come over next week, we'll write it. I like it. Okay, how about another live song, Sid? What's Ooh, the next one? If you think you can handle it, Joe, uh, I'll strap myself in. See what you can <laughs> do. Your worst, Sid Straw. Do your worst. I want to do my best, but I'm not sure that's happening. But you know what? I, I I'd like to send this song out to everyone who's waiting for a good turn in luck who's been hanging in there and waiting for something good to happen and having faith, some kind of faith that something good is on the way. And this song is called My Ship Comes In. And I wrote it with the dear Janes from England and the great English painter Pete Smith. Did I not say his name? You didn't say his name. No. Oh, God. I was hanging there, but I couldn't. <laughs> that was, was so weird. I, I said thought, it in my mind. I thought it was some kind of English painter who's like, like what are you looking so at out there and so avant-garde that he doesn't actually have a name. <laughs> he, oh, he, he's just a nameless English painter. He's everywhere. He's an omniscient presence. He's Pete Smith, and he's my dear friend. And we got together around a kitchen table in London, and they were baking cakes in, in the loft upstairs. And we smelled oh, the cakes and wrote this, this song. Fantastic. Someday, Sid Straw, that person is me. Sometimes I could use that extra luck. So I need you to, uh, what's that, like rub the Buddha or kiss my cheek or whatever. I, need you, I could use some of that luck. So Sid Straw, the song is My Ship Comes In on Independence Day. When my ship comes in I'm gonna squeeze it in a bottle Throw it back in the water And send it off to sea When my ship comes in I'm gonna break this holy bottle And christen the ocean 
to whom it may concern I've waited all my life and I'm waiting still Rooted to the spot on the steepest hill They say that there's a way if you have the will Of loneliness and fear I have had my fill When my ship comes in I'm gonna squeeze it in a bottle Throw it back in the water And send it off to sea When my ship comes in I'm gonna break this holy bottle And christen the ocean To whom it may concern Angels in the air whisper in my ear What I already know but really need to hear The heart you break the most is probably your own Afraid to be with them, afraid to be alone Give up your ghost and tumble down the hill And if you lose your way, do not lose your will My wish is like the waves are churning dear Share force of will someday may draw you near Once again, Sid Straw on Independence Day. You can check her out uh, mostly on Facebook. You can look her up there, Sid Straw. It's spelled exactly like it's S-Y-D. Straw, just like uh, Straw Man. Straw Woman, as the case may be. The last straw. Everybody gets those. And Joe, Joe, Mama, G.I. Joe. No matter what, kids are like Lord of the Flies. No matter what your name is, they're going to taunt you relentlessly.
I don't know where you grew up, Joe. <laughs> I told you where I grew up. I grew up in Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Makes sense, then. Relentless. Well, they are like Lord of the Flies. Anyway, let's get back to the music and talk about what, why I, you're here. I'm happy to talk about Lord of the Flies. I Sucks to your auntie, sucks to your asthma. I want to talk about... <laughs> what? That's from Lord of the Flies. I know. Let's I know talk... Ab- don't call me piggy. Yeah, let's don't talk... Piggy. I wouldn't dare, Robert. Let's talk about... Like, you get called to do a session, right? Uh... Because you, you, know, you do write a lot of songs. You're playing your own songs today. But, but a lot of what people know you for is showing up and lending your incredible talent to someone else's work, right? What do you, how do you interpret, I guess? Like you come in and, I mean, I, I imagine every session's different. But do you sometimes get called in and like, hey, Sid, just do what you do. And then you got to just kind of figure it out. Or is it like, hey, Sid, here's kind of the harmony thing. I want you to do this. Or is it something that's like written out? Like, how, like, give me an example of like what it's like when you walk into a session. It is like going to a friendly battle because, you know, the microphone is the battleground and you want to get it right. You want to mm-hmm. impress them. And I always hope I can come up with something. I always, I'm filled with great hopeful ambition. And usually you haven't heard what you're going to do until you get there. Right. So I'm very relieved if I hear something right away or I go, oh, I know what to do. Mm -hmm. Or I don't hear anything and I think you shouldn't hire me to sing on this because I don't really think you need anything on this. Mm -hmm. It's all on a song-by-song basis. But what I've been doing in the last couple years when people do call me up is I, starting with Los Lobos, two years ago, they called me in for a session and I sang, usually people just know that I'm going to come up with something. I think that they call me because I'm a thinking musician. Yeah. And you've, done the, you've got a reputation now. I hope so. I hope it's right? a good one. Well, For certainly. the most part. Well, but you have to know that it's a good one. Well, Los I'm, Lobos doesn't call you unless you know what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I love them way more than is probably legal. But um, they called me in and I did the parts that one would think. Mm-hmm. You know, I just sang on the chorus, did a little something. Then they're like, that was great. You can go home now. And I said, guys, oh, my God, I'm in a beautiful studio with Los Lobos. I've got to do, I've got to do more. Uh, can you just let me sing the song from head to toe? I just want to make it a duet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did, and then that's what it was. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been sort of on this. I've done some really interesting sessions on this two-month trip to California. And uh, uh, I'm very okay if they have something written out, like Van Dyke Parks. I've done some session work with Van Dyke. And I think you, you have to say the great Van Dyke Parks. I think that's in his contract. That that's like Oh, is that? I didn't read that contract. But yeah. I, where are my reading glasses? I... Uh, but and he is of course but you have to be on the beam for him and when he first hired me in 1984 i i i i don't really read music accurately i feel it i learn it quickly i do my best to pay attention and get it but i'm not a great reader i'm not even a proper musician when it gets right down to it but i'm a music feeler and so I love it to be called in on a session. And when they say, just go do your thing, then I'll do it. And you know what? If that's not anywhere close or that's not usable, let's do something else. What mm-hmm. do you want? I love 
being a paintbrush <laughs> yeah. in front of a microphone. It's that creative process, right? And that's where I think, you know, having spent time with you again today, uh, where you excel at this, right? You don't come in as like the crack ace backup singer-songwriter who has worked with Streisand and James Taylor and this and this and this, even though you very well may have worked with those people. Like, I know those Not people. Yet. I, well, I know those people, but they come in, it's a different skill, right? And they come in and it's like, boom, boom, boom. They've got training up the wazoo and they're fantastic in their own way. Oh, they are. But you bring, like, again, there's that musical Kavorka thing. Like, you've just got this sixth sense that you come in and you do what you do. Like, I, I first learned of you because of the Freedy Johnston record. Right, Can You Fly, which I love that record. That, and is, I was a, that is one excellent record. So honored to uh, have had Freedy on the show. And I, he, was, he indulged me, he played a song from that record. I loved it, right? It was fantastic. And you know, that's, that's where I first learned of you. And like, I imagine you going into that session, having heard that stuff. Like, did you ask him, like, hey, can I sing on every song in this record? Because I wouldn't, I would, they wouldn't have to, they'd have to drag me out of the room. That is so funny that you say that because he he tells me that he wrote that song for me to sing. He sent me a demo of the song, uh, which is called uh, um, "Down in Love," mm -hmm. such a beauty. And he sent me a demo, and he sang it just like me. The demo, oh. he sounded <laughs> just like me. And I, I called him up, and I said, what are you doing, like, doing <laughs> impersonating me? And he goes, well, I just want you to, what do you think? And I was like, I love this song. When are we doing it? So I, I have a funny feeling he may have told 10 other singers that he wrote the song for them. I don't care. I love that song, and I'm on the record. And so you think somewhere beautiful. out there is, there's a demo of Down in Love that he, he imitated Paula Abdul? <laughs> I hope so. I would love to hear it. <laughs> well, like I'm trying to think other singers of the air would be like uh, uh, Natalie Merchant uh, from Cowboy Junkies. Margot Timmons would have been we around all at love the time. Marco. But say it could only have ever been you on that record. It well, this lifetime it went that way. But you never know. I would like to hear the Marianne Faithful version. Here's a question. Who's a challenge to harmonize with singing-wise? Because some oh, people's voices have... Uh, Steve Earle comes to mind, and I love Steve Earle, capital L, capital O, capital L, and I love his voice. I love how haggard it is. I love how, you know, his vowels are twisted and turned like a gnarled old tree. But there's got to be people, because this is your stock and trade, something that you do a lot. You know what I'd and rather what do do talk about? I'd rather talk about people that it's really unbelievably smooth to sing with. Because I've only sung with a few people where it just didn't go that well. Yeah. And I'd rather not mention them. How you then get to a place where you make it work. Because that's, oh. that's the thing. As an, as, as an instrumentalist, right? As a guitarist, you come into a session. I'm just giving you a short example. Like if this particular thing isn't working, I can try a different pedal, different guitar, different amp, different pickup, right. different mic placement, different multiple mic placement. I can overdub it. I can put a 12 string. There's a baritone guitar. There's a million options. As a singer, it's different. You're coming in with the instrument built in, and there are things that you can do, different registers, different timbres, whatever, but you still have to find a way to make it work. You're being paid to do this. You're professional. So how, what do you then do to, like, how do you approach it from different places, I guess? This is what I try to do. I try, I'm really doing this a lot with our pal Jimmer Podraski. We just recorded three new songs. I'm very excited about them. They're quite delicious. And uh, when I sing with Jimmer, for instance, uh, I try to become 
a female version of the story he's telling. Ah, see, that's what I'm getting at right there. That's, that's the trick of the trade. I try to meld into his story and give the female perspective. That's just something I'm working on right now in these the stuff I'm producing with Jimmer. And um, it's a really good exercise for me because it, 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 it involves yeah. losing yourself somewhat. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Right. And uh, just trying to be bird-like, you know, really, yeah. how the hell do they fly in formation? Yeah. Who's in charge? So just, I guess it's just listening really hard, but trying to become um, something. If there's anything missing, I try to become that thing that mm. might be missing. That's brilliant right there, what you just said. That's what I've been building to this whole time. That's fantastic. <laughs> Good work. Uh, contextually- it doesn't always work. So conte- Well, of course, it, that, that's life, though. Contextually speaking, um, when you go in to record a song for the person, we're going to hear a live song in just, in just a second, last question before the live song, is do you request that you have a whole, all the lyrics? Oh, yes. Do you sit down with them and have them talk about what this song is about? Like, oh, is no. that important to you? Or do you, or do you, but, or, but, or do you, not pref- at all. Do you prefer it to be kind of cold? I don't mean cold as in approaching it from a, a new. Yeah. Yeah. Going cold, I guess. I is what love I'm first takes. We've talked about this, Lynn, and we've talked about this, Robert. I love not knowing and just hurtling into yeah. it. And I often love a lot of elements in a first take. I also like rehearsal and tightening things and sharpening them, but who has the time? But uh, I I like the, the, the moments of discovery. I like to put those on the record. And even if they're wrong, I, I sometimes think that it's just more interesting than yeah. you know what we all think it where it, where it could have gone. And that's what how we individuate. That's what makes everyone so wonderful is that they'll think of that one little thing or they'll cut the note off a half a beat before anyone else would. And that's how we come. That's yeah. part of our style. Right. And uh, so I love to sing different styles of things. To, uh, to, I, I, I would like to be more challenged. I want to challenge myself to get out of my musical box and more into mm-hmm. the gray. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to sing with all kinds of people, but I love it best when I can find a blood harmony with them, mm-hmm. though we're not related. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you excel at it. I mean, you wouldn't get as many calls as you do. I would like to get many more calls. Here's my phone number. It's 310. If anybody wants to find Sid Straw for their session, contact us here at the Independence Day World Headquarters. You can find us at NDPA.com. I will be more than happy to Thank pass you, the conference, you know, pass the information along to Sid Straw, who you should have singing on your record. You should pay her to sing on your record because it will make it better. Thank it, you, it Joe. It always does. This Every is time a very I hear good it, it commercial does. Commercial for me. That's, that's the whole point, infomercials. Now in small, medium, and large. Sid, what's the last live song you've got for us? Well, I think we'll take you home with a little song called, <clears throat> and it was, by the way, inspired by a song by Peter Case, his song, A Million Miles Away. This song, the title and the feeling, was inspired by that song, and it's also called Million Miles, which is I I probably owe Peter a drink or something. Not a drink, but... Oh, yeah, not a drink. A something. Yeah. 
Well, deal. Peter has agreed to be on the show. Next time you talk to him, hey, tell him to call Joe Armstrong. And when I get the call from, I say, who should it be? I guess Van Halen. I don't know. Who would it be? To contact Sid Straw, I will pass it along. Is that a deal? That sounds good. I'm looking forward to hearing you on the next Van Halen record. I would love to be on the next Van Halen record. I'm not You know, ACDC could use a great singer. I'm not so into the Axl Rose ACDC thing. That would be pretty cool. a great version of uh, Highway to Hell. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. You should have done that today. You should have done that Two today. Two mandolins on Highway to Hell next time. Next time. When you do your next <laughs> record, I bring people back when they have new records. Next time in 25 years when your next no, record comes out. No, it's going to be this year. Oh, I can't wait. this year. Okay, well, let's first let's hear this. We'll come back. We'll okay. talk about that a little bit before I kick this your butt out of here. This is Million Miles. A Million Miles. Sid Straw on Independence Day. I don't know what I want. Working in this restaurant. And I need a drink. Something to smoke and a place to think About you Just like I always do I'm a million I'm a million miles I'm a million I'm a million miles away I'm a million I'm a million miles I'm a million Miles away from you. From you. Counting what I've got. Spending what I save. Seven ninety five. Everything I made last night You can't blame a girl for trying No one knows how hard I'm trying I'm a million, I'm a million miles I'm a million, I'm a million miles away I'm a million, I'm a million miles I'm a million
Sid Straw, Lynn Bertles, Robert, thank you so much. Lloyd. Lloyd, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just go by Robert. His, he's he's related. Share. He's like, Prince, he's Cher, like Prince, Madonna, Cher. Melanie, Robert. Robert. Thank you, all of you, for sharing your gifts, for sharing your music. Uh, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that music musicians come here and share what they do with us and our listeners. Uh, people can find you on Facebook if they want you to. Seriously, if, people, if you want Sid Straw to sing on the record, she makes a living at this. Give us a call. I'll put you guys in touch. She's great at this. She'll make your record better. Or you could write write your request in the sky. I like some good sky writing. Because <laughs> that's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> All that money you, they could be spending on you, you want them to put in the sky? Well, you know, like I want to make sure thing. I see the message. you got to look up. All right. So, Sid, you've got a new record you're working on, did I hear? It's true. It's a true rumor. We're going to make that lie come true, Joe. Okay. And when, when might this lie become reality? This year. It's coming out this year. All right. I can't wait to hear it. In 2018. <laughs> I hope we survive 2018, the way things are looking. We will. I hope so. We will. So, Thid. 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 If Thid I could Thor. get all your names delighted together. Robert, Lynn, Sid, thank you so thank much. Thank you so You're much, Bob. Thank you. Thank I you appreciate so it. Be well. Uh, keep making great music. So thanks to Sid Straw, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The prolific Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages the Independence Day website. Thanks, Loke. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Check them out as well. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do anything this week, please be good to one another.